0: Jenny, my friend. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Good. How
1: are you, Angela?
0: I'm good. It's, I'm so happy we finally haven't had a chance to do this. I know you have been busy working on your book, working on the Untapped Leaders community, and I would love for you to start off with just an introduction. Tell us who you are and uh, what is the impact you're looking to make on the world?
1: Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here as well. I'm Jenny, and I am a leadership facilitator, a writer, a consultant, and the impact I want to have on the world, if I were just to like name it clearly, is to uh, create spaces where everyone can lead in their own way, um, authentically with their whole selves, mm. um, because that is urgently needed in this planet. So,
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. And the community you've created, Untap Leaders, which is much more than a community. It's it's a community, it's a space, it's a space for I think healing, but also like rapid action and change around this idea of leadership and, and leading authentically. And so tell us more about what is Untap Leaders and what is what is the community focused on doing. Yeah,
1: I appreciate that question. So, Untapped Leaders is a dynamic and diverse leadership community that amplifies the contributions and ingenuity of, uh, of marginalized leaders. And so, there's a couple aspects of that that I want to uh, emphasize. So, we're dynamic and diverse in that you know we f- are fueled by the members in the community. We are fueled by the unique experiences that everyone's navigating. Across different industries, sectors, roles, um, and and really understanding the the impact of uh, being you as a, a leader of color in whatever space, um, everything that comes up with that is going to be different. Mm-hmm. So we really lean on that dynamism to to learn and lead alongside each other. Um, we are also a, you know, I'd say untapped leaders is a framework. Um, so I've written a book, untapped leadership, uh, harnessing the power of underrepresented leaders, uh, that will be out June 2023.
0: So keep an eye out. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm <laughs> so excited for this. Yeah,
1: I appreciate that. Yeah, so it really uh, the community itself and the whole the whole mission of this organization sits upon a framework that really. Uh, questions and and uh, departs from traditional paradigms of leadership and really mm. leans on the skill um, and uh, strategies that uh, leaders of color take in navigating kind of workplaces that might have more dominant uh, cultures. And so, uh, mm. you know, we lean on that framework within the community to really dig into leadership that is defined by us and for us when it hasn't been for for centuries. Um, And I, you know, I name and I use the term marginalized leaders uh, quite a bit. Uh, You know, I a there's an aspect of being underrepresented and that's, that's a, uh, that's true. We are underrepresented in top roles. Um, But uh, if you explore it a little further, I think what really is happening is it is a marginalization of, our leadership, um, our approaches, mm-hmm. our definitions. Um, we are kind of are, are not included um, in the, uh, the bookshelves or the stages um, when we kind of really think about defining leadership. And so uh, we really you know, are helping members to dig into, question, reimagine what leadership is and understand that um, we may not have been given enough credit uh, in, the, in the past mm-hmm. um, and we have a lot more power given the standpoint that we have as having navigated our careers um, you know and, and not being in this majority we're um, not being in spaces yeah. that we are maybe the one or the few um, as we as we go through so it's a great space I, I love I love learning yeah. alongside um, everyone else as well.
0: Yeah and I, I just joined the community and have already been, just I don't know, just just having the space to talk about and to experience something similar with with folks. Um, and, and the way that I kind of as a member, right, on my side, how I'm experiencing the space is, you know, I have worked within within spaces that I have been the only one. Mm-hmm. And I have felt like Perhaps the way I think about leadership, you know, thinking about it as uh, in service to others or thinking about leadership itself as community or thinking about leadership from an EQ perspective versus an IQ perspective. Like all of these things are wrapped in the values that make me me and Mm -hmm. kind of tie back to my identity. So having a space where you can just explore and actually like organize and reimagine leadership is been so valuable. And you recently posted a you have a newsletter on LinkedIn, which I always read when it comes out, I get so excited (laughs) because it's such amazing, valuable information. Um, And I think one of the first newsletters you posted was around you basically um, googled the word leadership, right? Mm -hmm. Or I think you tell us a little bit more about that and what you found and how it ties to this. Well, this I mean, this is what started
1: this whole, uh, endeavor, uh, you know, I've, for the past two decades have studied leadership, you know, through my academic mm-hmm. coursework, uh, you know, trained leadership, uh, programs and really using tools and frameworks, uh, in my facilitation. Um, and, you know, in the height of 2020, I think it was a core shaking year for mm-hmm. a lot of folks. Um, and it was the same for me, I came to this realization that, you know, I had been contorting a bit to, you know, uh, make leadership work um, and train and facilitate and read and kind of apply these tools. But all the frameworks I've ever used have been written by and created by white men. Um, So all the Mm -hmm. theories I'd studied um, were created in during eras of exclusion, you know, it really, uh, our Mm -hmm. foundation of, of leadership and in a very theoretical sense. Um, and now today in this practical sense is really fueled by only a very certain perspective. So in that, those months in 2020, um, on the heels of George Floyd's murder, I, you know, had a moment of thinking about, you know, how have I been complicit and complacent in what I do Mm -hmm. in my time in talent, um, in this situation and, and really that's when I actually Googled top leadership books, uh, uh you know, in that moment and scrolling through all of the, the results, uh, I actually pulled together who were the authors, um, what, who, who they represented. And it was over 90% white men mm. who were the ones that were resulting in these, in these top, uh, top results. And so, you know, I just that was the moment where I realized that, you know, my leadership is not represented here. I know a lot of talented, impactful, amazing leaders of color, all different, you know, backgrounds um, that have had such an impact on their organizations, their communities, their teams, um, and they're employing, Different strategies, different leadership approaches uh, that aren't being represented on these bookshelves. Um, and so that's where it really came about to, to write the book on untapped on on tap leadership, to name it. Um, so folks can see that we, we are missing quite a lot when we're trying to define leadership. We've only looked at, at a very small sliver of it. And um, so there's much more to explore. And untapped leaders, the community is really putting it into practice right here, right now. Like this is mm. the, this is the time for us to, you know, uh, really exercise our unique uh, approaches to leadership. Uh, because as we've talked about, you know, the world needs it, it yes. desperately. Um, we need another way of doing things.
0: Yeah, and ever since I read your article, I have had my my um my feelers up because I then started to realize, you know, I'd go on LinkedIn or Twitter and it's like, oh, top, you know, put these leadership books on your list, you know, game changing leadership books, right? And I started looking at the list and I'm like, oh my gosh. Yep. It it is it is undeniably prominent.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so what I started doing because of you is I started Writing no, um, writing comments and responses to those people and making sure that I was recommending books from people of color. Yes, because you, it, they're all say, they're all coming from the same perspective. They're all saying the same thing. And we were talking earlier, a lot of them aren't saying anything. <laughs> in some cases, <laughs> like we look at some like thought leaders. I'm, I've got big air quotes for those of you who are listening, thought leaders in these spaces, and it's a lot of recycled information. Yes. And I think that we are at a cusp of people want work to look different. Mm-hmm. And I think this, this is obviously the time to be including diverse voices in the conversation about leadership and what leadership means. And yeah. I don't know, I think we're, I think we're kind of moving away from the traditional paradigm of leadership. I think so and as well. So, and so
1: it, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I think I also react to those posts uh, that rarely, rarely, if ever, have <laughs> anyone of color. Maybe, sometimes they don't even have women uh, represented. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's so um, we don't notice. We don't notice it uh, usually, and I really want to underline like the impact that can have on how we see. Leaders. Um, So, if these are the voices, if these are the authorities on defining leadership, I do think it has an impact on who then gets promoted into these top roles. And so, it's just kind of this cycle that you know fortifies itself um, that we really Mm -hmm. need to break down. Um, It's time. And and so, you know, I, I think we are capable of. You know, moving beyond kind of these overly simplified leadership to do's, these recycled Mm. jargon, like easy steps to to take to be a leader and really get down to the root and the the difficulty of leadership. In my book, I talk about, you know, leadership really requiring contextual agility. I think that's what, you know, leaders of color exercise because we, we have to understand the context of our environments, of ourselves, um, to navigate successfully. Um, and, and I think there's some power there in, in, um, in leadership and really thinking about you know, how can you be contextually agile, understand the context within which you're leading and respond um, effectively because you've now taken in the kind of the totality of a situation. Um, and so I think we've been, there's been a, a bit of a disservice, I think done in a lot of these books where it, it, it kind of oversimplifies leadership into a few steps or really yeah. said these broad stroke um, uh, pieces around being authentic and, and, and that's leadership or, mm-hmm. you know, it not, doesn't, that shifts with context. Not everyone can be, fully authentic um, at work without some repercussions. And so really, I would love to see the dialogue digging a little bit more deeply into what leadership actually requires. Yes, yeah.
0: yes and I think a new definition of leadership, I think mm-hmm. that is the the call to action, which is what is what worked for us before is not going to work for us moving forward. Right. And for those of you who are executives who are listening, Uh, You know, I work with a lot of executives and I know they have their holy grail of books that they refer to. There's like, you know, there's two or three of them typically, and it, it either has been a cornerstone in how they built their business or how they think about leadership. I want you to pull out those books and I want you to research the authors and I want you to verify that you have a diverse set of perspectives that is feeding into your idea of business and leadership And organizational development, because if you don't, and you're also preaching DEI and inclusion, but you are still surrounding yourself by self-validating ideas that are very narrow in perspective, you have some work to do. And even me, like I looked at, I'm looking at my bookshelf now, and I don't have a diverse representation. I have old books that I've had for years and years. To your point, I worked in corporate America too. And all the theories, all the concepts, even all the research being in um, organizational psychology, mm. the the people of color participation, even in those studies, I think has been so tiny yes. uh, that you're just not getting the full picture. And we live in a country that is diverse. So... Yes. Oh, there's so much to unpack. There's so much to <laughs> unpack. And I think, you know, just to bring in an example um,
1: mm-hmm. that I explored in my book connected to the research. Uh, so the Ohio State University, one of their big leadership um, uh, accomplishments or uh, research studies has been around behavioral theories. And this was in like the 1940s. Um, and so even to this day, uh, they presently say like it was kind of you know, uh, a pivotal research study of the huge impact. And then you dig a little bit more. And during that time, the very few black students that were allowed to be at the university could not live on campus. So if you kind of make the connection, then who participated in that study, whose leadership was being studied and now has been kind of the seminal work uh, that informs so much more um, when, Black people couldn't be on campus. Um, and so we just have to kind of ask these questions. And I, I'm, I'm with you, like, I, you know, it's it's pervasive. You have to check your bookshelves because um, you don't notice, you don't realize it. Um, but then you, you have to, I think that's the leadership moment of like realizing, mm. okay, I don't have the full picture. Um, I'm operating in ways that are limited um, based mm. off of these limited perspectives that I'm taking in. And so, then, how is that limiting um, to to my work, to the people around me? Um, and so, there's a, a lot to unpack. I'm with you on that.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, I could. We could probably do five more podcast episodes just on like the systemic part of this. I mean, that's yeah. six, 60 odd years ago that you're okay. talking about that study, right? Yeah, that that's right. that is a. That is just like one generation away and i think sometimes we look back at those things like oh that was we don't do that anymore that was so long ago but you know i'm old enough to remember when i was in grad school reading through peer-reviewed articles and looking at the population that was participating and even though you know there are black people now on campus or people of color on campus we still, you know, there still has been gaps as to how we've made sure that those studies are representative. So Absolutely. so there's a lot to unpack. I think, you know, your community is, is so needed, and I know a part of a lot of the work you're doing is ensuring that we're bringing those voices forward. Mm-hmm. And so how does, let's say, if the opposite of untapped is tapped, right? So mm-hmm. tapped mm-hmm. leadership, you know, we, mm-hmm. we know who those people look like. They're, you know, white men who have dominated the the top echelons of leadership for for you know centuries and decades and generations and um so if you are someone who is in that group right Right. so you're in a place of privilege power position to join this movement of ensuring untapped leaders and voices are represented what do i do what are some things that i can be doing to be a, a better ally with this work
1: yeah. I mean, I think, you know, for those that are in positions of a, a lot of formal authority, a lot of formal power, um, in organizations and, you know, if typically we, we know who those, those folks are. I think there are strategies to shift power, um, that,
0: mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it
1: feels uncomfortable. Um, it feels like you're losing something, but I, I, I don't believe in that. I feel like you, there's something a lot more gained um, and strategies that you can put forth and operationalize in the workplace to actually shift that power. Um, I use an example of um, a leader I worked with at a former organization, um, white man, um, and mm-hmm. a very high up in this organization. And by chance, in my role, I was at the director level. I had to have a kind of interaction and collaboration with him on a project that was, you know, going to impact the whole organization. Um, Mm -hmm. so that was like my first exchange with someone of of that stature. Um, and I'll never forget how instantly in, in our first collaborative meeting to kind of think about and strategize how he shifted power, um, to me, um, how he deferred, uh, expertise and kind of, uh, control of the conversation to me, um, in, in that exchange, I, I was, you know, on the front line of the problem. I was kind of experiencing, um, the challenge. So I had the answers. I had, I had ideas and I'll truthfully, I went in ready to like, just defer to what he said, uh, because that's how you respond, um, to leadership or those in those, uh, top roles. Um, and, you know, I think any executive can do that um, at any time to really, you know, defer and allow others in a, a variety of roles to be the experts in what they do and what they see. And especially when they say, hey, this is not working for me or this is not, you know, I as someone that has these lived experiences or whatever it may be that's fueling your response to um a decision being made a process, um, those in those positions have to be, uh, ready and comfortable to hear that and to, to do something about that. Um, it's not an assault on your authority or your power, you know, like it just, Mm -hmm. I, I sometimes sense a hesitation or, you know, as extreme as a, you know, kind of a hostility against, uh, any, any chance that your leadership authority is is challenged by those around you. But in fact, what you're doing is creating a space where everyone thrives and therefore the organization thrives.
0: Yeah. And I think we have to rethink what it means to be a leader. You know, I think currently we think about leadership as it is something I've earned when I think about leadership though, I think of it as something that is validated by my followers mm. every day, right? Like I don't determine if I'm a leader. Someone else determines, just like allyship, someone else determines if I'm a leader. So I'm proving myself every day that I'm a leader. Yeah. I don't stay a leader just because I have a title in my, you know, mm-hmm. on an org chart. So I think that shift is very different and it's scary because I think we live in a society and a culture holistically where you earn a spot Mm. and that spot, you know, we don't want to let go of that spot because it it holds power, it holds money, it holds wealth, it holds X, Y, Z. So I think this shift to you're earning leadership every day by demonstrating it, Mm -hmm. but then also just to unpack this, like the characteristics of this leader that empowered you. I think it takes a level of humility and courage, self-reflection. I think it takes a level of humility that I don't think we've built into current, like past leadership models (laughs) of what leadership is, like the construct, how we've defined it. And being, I I think a measure of success of leadership, future leadership, modern leadership is how many leaders you create, how you distribute your power. That's it. Uh, and you know, I've always said my role is to work myself out of a job, mm-hmm. right? Like I want to be at some point looking around and saying, I empowered all of these people to do great things. And I entrusted their brilliant minds to achieve what I hired them to do. Yep. And it just, you know, those things are so natural to you and I to talk about, like, right. this is how we, it connects directly with our value system. Right. It is a little counterculture to what we experience, perhaps in corporate or in organizations, but we always knew it to be true. So I think we're now coming to a head where we're realizing actually this style of leadership creates healthier people, it creates happier people, it creates better organizations, it creates results, more productivity, uh, a better employee experience. And so the time is now for this work, absolutely. That's
1: right. That's right. And I think, you know, it, we going to your original point, like really looking at how we define leadership, decoupling it from a position or a top of the org chart, um, you know, it's ubiquitous when we say like, oh, the leadership of the organization, the leadership organization. Mm -hmm. When you say that, I really, really hope you're talking about folks at different levels of of the org chart. Like you can't like catch yourself. That's another like to do, to take away from this conversation. Catch yourself when you say the leadership of the organization and see if you're only really thinking about those at the top, at the positional top. Mm -hmm. Um, Because then you're limiting your definition of leadership um, and and then we're limiting ourselves, the potential of, of everyone exercising their own leadership, in, in different ways and for it to look differently and from different positions, um, that, that really is the, the impact we want to see. And it's really how we want to experience work. You know, we want to mm-hmm. be able to lead in, in our way in the workplace. Um, and we all thrive as a result. Uh, so yeah, I'm with you and like really kind of, uh, checking in on that, that traditional, expectation of, of leadership being sitting in one certain place um, and tied to title. Cause I don't, that's out the window. I think it should be out yeah. the window now.
0: Yeah, it, it is definitely getting there. And I think, you know, people are voting with their feet when it yeah. comes to these topics. Yeah. Um, and the next thing I, I wanted to kind of just ask you about is this idea of bias, because I mm-hmm. think we are moving towards something different, but, the bias that still exists in organizations around what leadership looks like, what it feels like, what it sounds like, you know, uh, what kind of hairstyle it has, you mm-hmm. know, what color skin someone is who is in a leadership position, like all these things, um, you know, are, are real and, and, and absolutely happy on a day-to-day basis around who gets opportunity, who is considered in the pipeline mm-hmm. of succession and leadership. And I think it's been a barrier, and the reason why we see the population of leadership as it is now at the top levels of leadership, because there is absolutely bias and bias turns into discrimination <laughs> when it comes to those, um, the makeup of those teams. So what are your thoughts? How does this fit into the, the picture and how do we actively combat that?
1: Mm, big question. I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let me answer that. I know. No. Whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think this is where like the work of untapped leadership like hmm. digs in because we have to be comfortable with the complexity of how bias shows up and, and really ask the hard questions where all of us carry biases. Um, some of those biases, and, you know, again, if we have those with positional authority, with power, um, that decision-making um, impact, uh, that bias can be exercised in pretty consequential ways. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I part of the work around untapped leadership was really kind of shifting the spotlight and showing proof of mm-hmm. leadership existing in other ways. Um, and, you know, I, I was very deliberate in, in when I'm writing the book and being sure and being clear to kind of create uh, the connections to how our leadership frameworks today and how it's practiced is connected to times of exclusion, of extreme bias, mm-hmm. of racism, um, mm-hmm. and how it could be pervasively executed today um, in ways that we might not even realize, even in ourselves. I mean, I think that's really, yeah. really the the hard question. I always have these moments of like, oh, you know, unlearning of, of a bit um, yeah. of realizing I'm adopting some of these ways of doing things that actually don't align with me and, and don't help me. Uh, so why, why am I doing that? And I think it's because I'm informed by the biases of like what Mm -hmm. leadership looks like. I'm, you know, emulating certain things or, you know, behaviors, um, that have been adopted by, you know, other groups and I, it's not me and nor do I agree with it. But mm-hmm. I, you know, I just—it's—it's it's hard to unpack bias because it's just, you know, you, it pops up at any moment. It pops up for you and me and anyone, all every day. Um, and we might, if we're not kind of attuned to it, then, then we'll act. Then we'll we'll make decisions based off that. And so, you know, I think for any organization, really digging in to the work, I, I hope it's not just the workshop or even one day retreat. It's, it's much deeper than that. How can you create processes and operations that, um, you know, help to identify bias or explore, you know, where it might come up, um, and, and really embedding that into the process, um, into beyond, in, into the structure I'd say yeah. of, of the organization. So it's hard. It's hard.
0: I know. I know. And it's, um, you know, I think it also starts in, in rooms where talent is talked about. Uh, you Mm -hmm. know, I, my background's in talent management and I've done many, uh, talent review and calibration and succession planning where, you know, I'm in rooms with people who are talking about other talent and, Mm -hmm. you know, you get the, well, I'm just not sure she'd be a good fit or, you know, not, sure she has the executive presence to uh be in a VP role like these are words you should your ears should be perking up to say okay tell me more help me understand and I think anybody you know anybody listening to this podcast if you are in rooms where decisions are being made about talent and what their potential is uh or you're in a position of hiring and really getting to the types of characteristics you're looking to amplify your culture Mm -hmm. um it's an opportunity. So, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um, so my last question is really about how folks can support and join the community. So tell us how, so if you are a part of a tapped leadership group and you are really passionate about, um, you know, creating diversity in, in voices and thought and leadership, um, or if you are an untapped leader and want to join the community, mm-hmm. how can one support, help, join the movement?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that question. I, I think you know if if you're in positions uh, of being tapped, um, you know, really exploring and thinking about these questions that we've talked about today, and and looking at your organizations, your teams, um, where can you? foster and cultivate environments that uncover the untapped leadership that does exist in your organization. It is there. Um, I I leave with kind of that, that question for folks. Um, And always, you know, I, I hope that my, the book untapped leadership will land on your bookshelf in in the next year Um, that's a big one. So I do have a, Mailing list to kind of keep updated and and put some of the practice uh, some of the work to practice now. Um, so I hope you you that everyone's welcome to to learn and and lead uh, alongside those newsletters as well. Um, but especially for those you know navigating uh, their work their careers you know as marginalized uh, leaders as leaders with that hold these underrepresented identities, I, I do really want to emphasize that you know untapped leaders exists. Um, and is powered by y- your unique expertise, and so you know we run uh, biweekly leadership development sessions, career development sessions that are just a space for our community to come together to talk real about you know these challenges, but also skill build, learn, um, and then we mm-hmm. do have uh, biweekly peer coaching, which I think that's where a lot of power exists, and knowing that nothing is happening in isolation, even though if you feel like you're kind of on your own, in your job role, team. Um, there are others that are just committed to uh, your support. And so um, really through these bi-weekly coaching sessions, um, peer coaching sessions, we're putting this to practice. We're really distributing leadership and really exploring, You know, how can we um, really tap into what we have, our power, um, and show up and, and lead in our authentic selves um, in whatever industry or work that we do, and so I do hope uh, folks will uh, join and, and come, um, you know, contribute and and take away from that community. So um, I imagine the website will be shared via uh, the yes. podcast link. Perfect. Uh, mm-hmm. So you'll know where to find me um, in that. And I one aspect that I just want to emphasize is that one goal of Untapped Leaders in this community is to really democratize access to leadership development mm-hmm. and career development. Because it usually, and it has been, you know, only a certain few, or if you have the means, if you kind of can do the, all the degrees, or if your company sponsors you to participate in a career development program, there's all these factors that really limit access to these mm-hmm. these resources. And so um, we, we really work to make this very accessible for folks uh, to just hop in and, and really, um, you know, Engage in these these valuable, you know, career development, uh, leadership development opportunities that we don't get enough, and so we're we're doing it ourselves. We're we're contributing to each other.
0: Yeah. Well, Jenny, I am just so excited about the work that you're doing. The world needs it. We're building tables, you know, for folks to sit at and contribute and. I think the ripple effect of this is just going to be profound. So uh, if you're listening, we will include um, information on how to find Jenny, how to join the untapped leaders community, how to um, support and help uh, this movement. And I'm just so grateful to to have you on the, on the show. I'm so grateful
1: for you, Angela. Thank you for the work that you do as well.
0: Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Jenny.